pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quackett Smith. Me, oh my, I haven't enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on. Enjoy. Draft Rugby, the game they play online in heaven. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Draft Rugby show where we discuss fantasy rugby, the game they play online in heaven. I'm your host, Nelson, and tonight I'm joined by Harry. Harry, how are you doing? Very good. Excited for another episode. Yeah, look, I mean, no Kagi this week, so that's a blessing for everyone involved. Yeah, last week it was a big hit. I think the episode was just the two of us, no Craig. So uh, yeah. I must say that he was a bit disappointed he couldn't be here this week. He was uh, he was looking forward to being involved, but just didn't didn't pan out for him. He, he did a bit of the notes as well. So if you notice anything that's wrong in the notes, that's mm. probably from him. So he is contributing. Uh, just the bad stuff. So don't forget to follow us on all the socials. Uh, that's, that's a really good rap you've given us before. Before <laughs> yeah, asking, for that. Yeah. don't follow us on the. Do follow us on the socials. Um, mainly Twitter. That's where we're mostly. But images on Instagram. Some pretty cool stuff on there. Um, check out our website. Obviously, you're going to pay attention by now. We've got a blog there with the casualty ward. So every single injury in the comp. You're going to see it there first. Is that right? That's right. Like the late announcement of Richie Moonga's finger injury. Yeah, it's on there. So if you've got any questions, that's where you go, people. But uh, let's let's jump over into our entree. Our entree this week is around 14. Crusaders were the first matchup, taking out the Drua. Drua 61-3. Not a close one here. No, I think the Fijian and Drua, they <coughs> lost a few players to COVID before the game. But uh, they just really didn't show up. I think it was um, pretty disappointing. I think it's the end of a long season for them. They've obviously <coughs> targeted next week back in Fiji. Um, they obviously had a big week against Moana Pacifica as well. So I think this is just the game in between where maybe there was a bit of a lapse of concentration and they defended very, very poorly. The Crusaders are now in full swing for their championship uh uh not not retention uh challenge yep so uh yeah. I, I think it was just yeah bridge too far crusaders way too good and fergus burke the uh the hero really kicked all bar one and controlled the game very very well probably the best we've seen from him yep the Indrua, i mean lots of changes in their lineup as you said but i mean they've definitely been building this year they've been up and down ups and downs but that wasn't their strongest you know 10 center pairing back three where a lot of their real threats are and they were, they were missing this week. So yeah, it's a bit tough. And how good seeing Joe Sesse back into the yeah. starting lineup at fullback, albeit, you know, with a late change, but it's good to see him back out of Fiji and playing. My question is, is it Ndroa Sesse? Uh, I don't know. Man. <laughs> I mean, speaking Fijian, that sounds correct, but I haven't heard it pronounced like that, but um, no, you starting to see him back, and we'll, we'll touch on him a little bit later in the pod. Second matchup with the Reds, you know, getting back in the leaderboard uh, for a first time in four weeks or so, um, 34-22 against Moana Pacifica. Yeah, and a late try from Moana Pacifica definitely <clears throat> maybe flattered them a little bit. I think the Reds were definitely the better team here. Interesting hearing Tate after the game, Just it was all just relief. I think they know that they just needed to get a win on the board. They've got a big challenge again this week. So not really the most polished performance for them, I must say, and a few more injuries <clears> to boot. But um, it's it's a step in the right direction, I guess. And I love Harry Wilson coming out and saying no one wants to play us in the finals. I'd argue most teams want to play them in the finals at the moment. But I love that he's saying that and wants to be on the front foot. 
Yeah, good on him. Good on him for being confident, <laughs> even if it's not true. Um, look, I mean, they, they can definitely be a threat, but they just haven't shown it, you know, in the last no. month and a half, unfortunately. To mm. The injuries, we've discussed this. They've got so much depth, it seems, but you take out a few key members of that squad and they don't seem to have that, you know, the fluidity that we've seen for such a long period of time at the Crusaders or the Brumbies and we're starting to see at the Tars, you take out some key members and it really is noticeable on their side, unfortunately, at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I guess they're just crossing their fingers. They get as many men back in a couple of weeks' time, but I, I think that it's going to be a bridge too far, but we'll obviously move on to that soon. Yep. The next matchup, Chiefs. Chiefs, uh, Western Force. Chiefs taking this one out pretty convincing, 54 to 21. Yeah, what's the first half in four on the foot when I was at the gym today <laughs> and then uh, watched the highlights of the second half or the 20-minute the, uh, version of the second half. And um, first half was interesting. It was 21-7. They each had three good ac- attacking opportunities, but Chiefs just won all three, scored all three, whereas the, the fours only scored from one crossfield kick. And they their defence just didn't look like it really had the the integrity or passion that it needed. And second half, it, it blew away because of that. I think that the uh, Chiefs just started to cut them apart. And the fours just didn't look like their heads were quiet in the game. Obviously, mm-hmm. they might have known that they needed to win two of their last three games. The Chiefs was probably the hardest game they had. But um, it was uh, not a great defensive effort from them. They just didn't look like they were completely in it. On that defensive um, comment you made, it, it is one of those things for them early on in the season, they did seem to be a relatively strong cohesive unit mm. and that started to leak more and more like a sieve throughout this season. And, and I don't know what it is there. Yeah, I, I don't know. The, the funny thing is the back line's actually relatively similar to what they had when they were playing well. And it was just like watching Quinn Tapia run unders line from a set piece. Like there was nothing else in it. I understand that he's a very good, strong runner. He ran an unders line and scored under like next to the post. It's just way, way too easy. Credit to Ian Pryor for that one, though. I remember seeing him late diving over to trying to get his arms under the ball. You know, there was yeah. a, there are a yeah. couple of players that really are still digging deep, but it's just not across the whole one to fifteen. Yeah, can't wait for Simon Crum to come in next year and just give him hopefully a new lease of life. Um, that's not having a dig at anyone, but I think they do need a new lease of life. The Canes took on the Rebels in the next matchup. Canes taking this one out, 45-22. I mean, I think we expected this. The thing we didn't expect was Ripley's hat-trick. Yeah, I know. We're going to have to say positive things about him, aren't we? I've never said anything not positive about the guy. You're just you're very rough. Okay, so I've got to say positive things about him. <laughs> well, well done to him. He's obviously a young man and attacking threat. So great to see that he scored a hat trick. Um, <clears throat> that was my highlight for this whole game. But still, the Hurricanes put on a big score. So I don't know that that really should be what we're facing. <laughs> we're focusing on, to be honest with you. Well, we, I mean, we're look, we're searching for some positives for Rebels. We. You know, yes, it's not necessarily full strength side. There's been lots of disruptions and centers in the backs right throughout the year. But if we can take a, a couple of positives, it's probably Gordon and some of the hope he's been showing at 10. And that they do have some young players, especially, you know, if they've got a full strength forward pack, there is some real, real talent in that forward pack. I mean, um, don't they have a full strength one now? It's not really doing much for them. It isn't. But they do have talent there. So hopefully it's something they can build off moving yeah. forward. I, I think the disruptions throughout the backs has been a, a really big issue for them. Their set piece hasn't been as big a letdown or the forward back hasn't been as big a letdown. This is close to their strongest 15. That's good. There's yeah. actually not much to change on this side at all. 
Um, yep. They're even choosing to put Callaway at centre when they have Stacey Lee available. So I don't know. This is arguably their strongest 15, maybe down with just George Worth on one wing. Mm. But it's it's not a good enough showing for a team that actually has all their players back now. I thought Matt Tamur was going to come in as the general excellent defender and just really solidify the backline D. And obviously that didn't happen. We're seeing at the back end of this season the – Aussie teams that aren't quite as strong are really just falling away now. They know the end of the season's around the corner and they're just not able to match it. 45 points is too many to leak. Definitely. Um, next matchup. This is one of the ones that we knew were going to be tight and, and we were hoping for potentially an Aussie win. Um, Brumbies, Blues, 19-21. Blues, Barrett, kicking that drop goal. That's heartbreak. It is. Um, it was It was a pretty awesome performance in defence from the Brumbies. They, uh, they just couldn't get their hands on the ball. 16 penalties to five was the penalty count on this one. Obviously, the Brums coaches staff and uh, Alan Alatoa having a bit of a, a blow-up or trying to hold themselves back from having a blow-up maybe rather about the penalty count. But the issue was they just spent way too much time on their own line. They couldn't get the, the uh, calls going their way. There was a bit of talk during the week of the fact that Super Rugby is a bit too slow and that their, their breakdown needs to be cleaned up. Maybe it's just starting to put a bit more pressure in that area by the referees or something that's gone there against them there. But, yeah, sadly, they just didn't have the rub of the green. It didn't go their way. Um, lots to build on, but, man, they got to work out how to get their discipline right and get some field position. It's not something that's crept into the game over a long period of time, I don't think. So hopefully, you know, they can have discussions maybe with the coach, with the, the ref, and go, what are we doing here? What are you seeing that we're not seeing? and maybe take this as you know something to push them a little bit further in terms of their chances for this final because they are a serious threat in this final series. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the Blues are now running into a little bit of disruption of their own with a few injuries um, after having, I don't want to say a really good season of injuries because they haven't, but they've kind of covered them pretty well. So it'll be interesting to see how that affects them. But you know, we should mention as well, it's the 12th straight victory for the Blues, which I think is a club record for them as well. Two other and get to 13. Um, so the next matchup was our last hope for an Aussie win against the Kiwis. The Highlanders uh, at home in the Cake Tin taking on the Waratahs. And Tars getting this one done 32 to 20. But look, realistically, I think this was a relatively comprehensive win for the Tars um, set-piece-wise. Uh, broken tackles, their their control of the the field. I, I do really think that you know twelve points is a really good win, especially in New Zealand against the Highlanders, who we haven't beaten for thousands of days in New Zealand. Like it was something ridiculous. I think that was any New Zealand side, not just the Highlanders. Yeah, no, it was like twenty fifteen since we beat the Highlanders in New yeah. Zealand, or even longer. But but let, let's yeah. remember as well twenty to thirty two. <laughs> but the reason that the Highlanders have twenty points is they scored it converted and unconverted try in the 81st minute because the Tars decided to have a crack, throw the ball around and see if they couldn't get the bonus point win. How's the audacity from the Tars and the confidence that they're on at the time? Oh, mate, take 32 it. to 15, all they had to do was kick the ball out. What so, are you risking? Oh, look, I'm, I'm all for it. I think it's a great choice. Yeah. It didn't pay off this time, but all I'm saying is the scoreline actually flatters the Highlanders. Mm-hmm. It was a comprehensive win, and you could just see the game building and building and building for the Tars. They were exceptional. I thought they were really, really good. And I must be said, for all the crap that we give Ted Funnigan on this episode, I thought he was really good off the bench, really, really good. He was, and we'll touch on him a little bit later with the, the lineups this week, but he did what we were hoping he would do but didn't expect. Yeah. You know, he was a, a real solid uh, a player around the paddock, which has 
it's tough to say. And he was good in the, the set piece as well. So really excited to see him this week. And our final matchup was actually last night on Tuesday. How good's well, a Tuesday game, by the way? Can we do that every week? I'll take it. It's, I'll have to take it's it. so good to come home from work. Yeah. I was meant to stay at the gym and work out, and I just left. I went <laughs> I went home. So it's making me unhealthy, the footy. But, uh, oh, yeah, I was listening to it through the, the speaker of the car on the drive home. Nice. Very good. Yeah, good. 28 to 48, the Western Force got up with their bonus point win, which is exactly what was required. Yep. Um, I think there was a late change there, wasn't it? Your, your mate. Um, Fanga uh, and Nuku came in uh, for Alessio. Yep. Yep. Alessio, who was injured, pulled late pregame. Um, yep. And Fanga Nuku had just another standout game. I think that's probably his third in, you know, four or five matches for them where he's he's really been a, a, a solid threat around the paddock. Yeah, two tries for him, which is which is a very good effort. But the Western Force, they were the dominant side here without a doubt. I thought there were some really good running players in this game. I thought Pasatoa, I actually yeah. mistook him for mm. Matele a couple of times because he's such a big unit. Like, I, I know he's probably not exactly the same, but I genuinely watched him bust a line. I'm like, yes, go Matele because he's my fantasy team. And it was Pasatoa. So he wow. was a big unit of a runner. He ran a hell of a lot of meters in this game, well over 100 from memory. Um, it, it was awesome to watch them attack and throw the ball around and have a proper crack. And it does make me think that maybe it's just an issue of just confidence. They just need to back themselves. 93 metres, it got, it got taken down, sadly. But um, it was about 150 and I was I was frothing on it. To, to put it in there, to put it in perspective, Pasito is only like two centimetres and, and two kilos lighter. There you go. He's, he's a pretty big boy. And uh, he, he does like to back himself ball in hand, um, which is... is a point of difference. Yes, we have. Um, I think Edmund likes ball in hand. I think Donaldson likes taking the ball relatively flat. Harrison likes a little bit more space to to you know get in, get involved rather than playing as flat. But Pasatoa is a bigger body and likes to really you know take it up and truck it into to D. He's, he's got no fear of that. Yeah, he, he was very very good. So that, that was great to see them do that. And the big question is now, you know, they they're obviously just outside of the eight, sitting in ninth position. They need to win this week to have a chance. So can they back up on a short turnaround to go over? I think they're playing in NZ as well. No, in in WA. Are they who are they playing? Hurricanes. There you go. Yeah. So playing against the Hurricanes in WA to try and get into finals. It's going to be a big occasion and. I mean, hopefully they can prove me wrong that the uh, the Aussie sides at the bottom of our our table can't uh, can't match it with the Kiwi sides. Well, they uh, they didn't rest many people. No, nope. <laughs> they rested maybe Godwin. Um, they had Kai Godwin on came the bench. bench still. I, I know, but I mean, reduced minutes for them. So yeah. um, it's going to be a big one for them this weekend. They're going to be praying for a, a few other things to to maybe go their way as well. Um, yeah. but they just need the win. Yes, first and foremost. But look, that's that's a wrap up of this extended week of footy. Um, our fantasy man of the match, Harry, was that fantasy man of the week? Playing me, maybe <clears throat> Quinn Tapire. Uh, 76 points for him. He had nine carries, somehow for only 40 meters, but three tries, two line breaks, six tackle busts, and also made eight of his eight tackles as well. So an excellent performance from him, probably his best of the year after he's been a little bit slow to start. It was a bit upsetting having him inside Nankavell and Narawa, who neither actually saw the ball because Tobiah thought, no, you don't need it. I'll just score some tries. I think he's realised that he needs to actually put some performances in if he's serious about getting an all-black jersey. <clears throat> yep. 
the the backups for the week are the the close contenders were Leicester Fainga and Nuku with 73 points, Mark Nwanga Nidawasi with 70 points, Aiden Ross with 70 points. Helps when you score a try. Yeah, and Ricky Jackson with 68. Yeah, look, there, there's a few around that mark, but I just had I couldn't leave Ricky Jackson, the the bloody eighth string hooker from the Crusaders, scoring 68 points. Yeah. Massive. He got picked Brilliant. up in our draft. Everyone was on to the fact that the Crusaders front row is always good for some tries. Yeah, especially against the draw. <laughs> That's <laughs> fair. That's right. Yeah, he was always going to score. Uh, Super sub we've mentioned was Lucas Ripley, <clears throat> 65 points from his 74 minutes. Obviously, came on very early. Uh, he had 11 runs for his 82 run meters, three tries, three line breaks, a tackle bust, and eight of his nine tackles. So, shoring up his defense as well, mate. There's there's lots of good things happening under Lucas Ripley right now. He's young and he's he's keen, so that's that's what matters. Captain Mudderwood will actually talk through the runners up here. So, second runner up was uh, Celesi Ravatumanda, and he got minus three points, but he's three scores prior to this. Harry, uh, look, it's minus point six. Yeah, minus 0.4 and minus 3.8 as well. So, like, the, the guy is just a negative scoring magnet. And I think he's been held the entire time by Blake. Yeah, he got, picked up. <laughs> he got picked up after the two first negatives. Oh, well, that's, that's <laughs> even more concerning. Um, Sam Gilbert with minus seven as the runner-up. The red and, card. I mean, obvious why that happens. And uh, Eritari and Nari with... Minus seven, uh, minus 10 points. Yeah, that's right. Uh, thank God I had TJ Perinari this week is all I can say. Well, main course, yeah, round 15. Let's crack on and have a look at the previews for this week. <clears throat> on the Friday game, the first game of the week is the Crusaders versus the Reds. So obviously the Crusaders must be shaking in their boots because no one wants to play the Reds. Well, no, it's only in the finals. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yep. They're, they're fine then. Yep. Um, this one's over in NZ. The Crusaders have lost for the second week running. Richie Moonga, as I said at the top of the show, has a finger <clears throat> injury. So he's missing both these weeks, expected to play next week. So I suspect that <clears throat> they're just not actually using him they also were meant to have cody taylor back he's recovered from his rib injury as well but they said they just decided not to risk him so give him the extra rest <clears throat> and on the uh, red side of things you got james o'connor with his low-grade hammy injury probably gone four weeks and josh fluke dislocated his other shoulder after having a recon last year and he's now going for a reconstruction on that one as well in terms of the returns uh we've got liam wright returning off the bench which is a good one to see um, I think that's all we've got down. There's definitely some changes, quite a few changes for the Crusaders up front. We've got a, a whole new front row of Bauer, McAllister, um, who was on the bench, I'm pretty sure, last week, and Jaeger um, replacing Brewis, uh, Jackson, and Yule. Yep. Uh, fresh, fresh faces in the front row. Um, in the locks, we've got Barrett shifting from six, which I, I wouldn't say was a success, into the second row to partner Whitelock. We've got Matera and Grace returning to join Black Adder um, in the back row. How about the backs? Uh, look, <clears throat> Hall and Burke retained at 9 and 10. You've got the centre rotation just continuing to, to go week on week. So good Hugh gets a rest this week. Billy at 12, partnering Enor and then Bridge stays on the bench. No rotations belongs. for Bridge. Where he belongs. Will Jordan back to fullback. And then you've got Severis and Lester Fenger Anuku on the wing. So I don't Scary. know if that's... <clears throat> a sign that maybe George Bridge, the safety in the finals, will get a run to start, or if that's just them saying, this is our top three, let's push on. Let's get him some confidence <clears throat> leading into the finals. Yeah, I think they're going to want to put a marker down for the Reds because it's highly likely they play them again in New Zealand next week. 
hard to come back from a 40-point drumming. But I'm surprised that they didn't just go, let's put a weird team out here and have a crack and try some different things because, I mean, they're probably going to get the win. I mean, they're they, did, gonna be they did rest Richie Monga and Cody well, Taylor. So They didn't rest Monga. He's injured. He's got a finger injury, man. He was playing. If he's playing next week, he hasn't fractured it. So he's just got a brace on it or something. He could have played if he needed to. Yeah. Let's jump across into the Reds and their changes. They're going for the full back rower set up with Suru Uru um, coming into second row. They've still got a lot of injury worries, the Reds, but they've decided <clears throat> now because they have all their back row back, they're just going to place them through the entire field. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, how yeah. I've looked at it. Genius. Yes, <laughs> it's really, really good. Um, but no, they've got no Lucan Salah a lot. So not totally true. You know, the ex-back rower who can play lock. He could have been slot in there as well true. as lock cover. Uh, in the back row, you've got Angus Scott Young and Mick Wright Wilson with Wright on the bench. As we said, that rotation between Xander and Hoopert is continuing. Yep. Uh, I don't think any either of them's really stamped their authority. I mean, Hooper, Hooper scored head. a try, was it, last <clears throat> week, and I thought it had a very good game around the park as well. So They've both shown glimpses. I, I think it's, it's hard when you're playing with a third-string hooker and without your world star other prop as well. Like, then no one's going to look as good. So it's pretty hard for either of them, I think, to really stamp their name on their jersey at the moment, well, in, unless they're actually world-class, which I think neither are, to be fair. Yeah. There's this <clears> promise there. Um, we got Matt Faisler, Fassler. Well, I get this wrong every time. Faisler, uh, Faceless. Uh, you reckon he looks like Kurt Eklund? No, oh, no, it's Kargi thinks I that. I think Kargi thinks that, man. Yeah. I think I think he's dreaming as he well. He looks nothing like him. Yeah. I mean, the the quote here is Reds Kurt Eklund, which is absolute rubbish. But he's been playing very well given his opportunities he's had this year. Yeah, uh, he has impressed for me for from where he's come from. Um, and he's earned himself another start over Richie Asiata, who would have been preferred over him. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I thought on. for sure Asiata would have gone straight back in and held that jersey. So obviously he's doing something right. Yep. In the backs, you've got Lawson Crichton starting at 10, despite the fact that the Reds have lost three from three with him starting there. I guess, you know, who else they put in there? Jock Campbell. Obviously, they've decided that that's not the way they want to go. Um, Jordi Pataya moves into outside centre considering that uh, Hunter Paisami has failed to recover. I think they were expecting him to be fit this week. And then Filippo Dungunu as well. Uh, On that note, is it Dungunu? (laughs) Oh, yeah, true. Maybe it's, I don't know. That's Uh, really tough. We'll have to ask him. (laughs) Returns with a shot uh, to stem the loss of blood from his career, Kagi says at the Reds. That's rough. I said that. Um, (laughs) Look, honestly, it feels like he is just... Had a couple chances. He had a good chance early on, a couple chances where he's kind of faded away and he's not taking his opportunities. And those chances are getting further and further apart. So he needs to have a big game in this one. I think his problem is not only does he, he needs to have a big game, like break tackles, make line breaks, set up tries, score tries, but he's also not allowed to lose the ball and throw it away. Oh, that's... One thing we we thought we were maybe seeing some improvements at one point throughout the season that he wasn't, you know. I think for he, one week, yeah. he was respecting the ball more. Oh, this is good. We said the same thing about Pataya, who who's kicked on with it a little bit, mm. but Dungunu just, you know, threw that out the window, and and I think he thinks he's got to do too much yeah. every single time he touches mm. the ball, which you can expect when you're you're looking at someone like Pataya and he was 18, 19, 20. But Dungunu's been around for a little while and we, we really need to to see that 
He's, called in. His problem is there's so many wingers rated above him now that he needs to have an outstanding game if he's serious about getting more game time next year. So yeah. I think he kind of knows that the pressure's on. And the longer this goes on, the more pressure there is for him <laughs> to have an absolute blinder, which he's capable of. But, mate, it's it's not helping the way he plays, I don't think. He's up against Sevu Reese as the one-on-one matchup. Um, two potential very good flair wingers. For Fiji. <laughs> Both <fair chance. laughs> um, but yeah, look, I I think he's he can't be the dominant one here, and I mean that's going to be a very very tough ask for him. But um, Sever Reese can shoot out the line, put a hit on him as well, so he's going to be wary of that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, on that, my tip for this one, I I actually haven't put them in. I realise so I'll do that yeah. as we go. I'm I think that the uh, Crusaders are probably going to get this done relatively handsomely. To be honest with you. I'm going to say my first thought is 20 points. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to go against that, um, especially with the extra changes of Pattaya and things shifting in. I think I'm going to be try to be a little bit generous to the Reds. I'm going to say Crusaders by 18, which seems not so that generous. generous. Mate, so generous. But realistically, I think it is. Um, let's roll into... Who's your fantasy man oh. of the match in this one? Um, looking at Who those lineups. Um, I'm going to say Severo Reese running at Dungunu, catching passes, the wayward passes off him and just picking up all his drop ball. I'm going to say David Havili running at uh, Crichton <clears throat> because I, I think there's a that's the where the big disruption is through the 10, 12, 13 channel at the moment with so many changes. So I think there's a real opportunity for David Havili to put his name down for a starting spot in the finals. I think he knows that the pressure's on him there, and particularly for an All Blacks jersey this season. So the, I think he's due. The, the one thing against that is um, you've got Stewart there in the 12 jersey. Stewart has made 94% of his tackles, a very, very safe defender throughout the year. And, and Crichton actually hasn't been that weak defensively. Um, he hasn't been brilliant defensively, and yes, there's probably going to be some issues between them, but they have played a few matches there together. So I, I really hope that that's not a weak spot for them. But it's, Well, I hope we're both wrong and that it's a Reds player, but that's how I see it. maybe. Oh, maybe. Um, all right, let's roll on into this second matchup of the week, and that's on Saturday in La, Ton- La Toca. Um, Ndrua versus the Chiefs, I don't have it in front of me. Um, new injuries. Um, we had Hambosi and Talinga pulled pregame from stomach bugs, not from injuries. Yeah. Um, we also had Apostolome, Vota, and Frank Lamani also missing last <coughs> week as well. Yep. They never said what it was, but they've been back training this week, and all four are named to start. So that's some. That's a lot of artillery. The Endura back, and if you think about how leaky the defence was last week, well, having those four back out of the possible <coughs> seven backs. That's that's big, very Massive. very big, and some influential players there yep. as well. So definitely going to be a, a stronger lineup that we're going to touch on this week. We've got uh, a new injury for Josh Lord. Uh, yeah. He was pulled pre-game with a twist in his knee, knowing he was on my fantasy side and pivotal for me. Mm. Um, pulled out very late. Sam Kane he came off with his knee injury. There was big fears, I think, early on that it was worse than what they think it is now. The talk is now maybe it's only a week and that he's feeling pretty good, but they're not ready to go this week. 
Um, and Caelan Boucher, he was a late withdrawal as well from a non-COVID illness. Yes, yeah, so you assume <clears throat> that Caelan Boucher is available again this week. He'd probably be the only one out of those three. We talked about the players coming back for the Indrua, coming back this week as well. Uh, the big news, I guess, for the, ch- the chefs is how do you make up for Josh Lord? Well, you bring back Brady Retallick from his fractured thumb. So that should do it. <clears throat> you also got Arcoy, who didn't play last week because nothing we know of. Um, maybe he was well, sick they, as well. He was never named. They had the uh, <clears throat> COVID run last week as well, where we know there was a lot of players <clears throat> that were having COVID in the squad. So there may be some lingering issues around that for this squad. We don't really know. But no doubt against the Androa, I feel like it's an opportunity for the Chiefs maybe to... <clears throat> actually rest up and make sure they have their big players are fit and healthy if there is a bit of a sickness cloud going around still there because Lord knows that they don't want that around at all come the uh, the grand final. Josh Lord knows. Yeah. Um, very nice. In terms of um, this lineup for the Ndrua. I've got, got a few other ones here. <clears throat> okay. Lachlan McWannell might be back from his concussion. No, don't know. So yeah. I think he's expected. Sione Mapaleo back from his sore back. Shooter Stevenson from his knee injury in round nine. I think it was an MCL. <coughs> Josh Shuane, Eteni Nanaisaturo, Oli Norris, Atu Molo, we think all missed last week with COVID as well. So I, I do think McMillan was quoted early in the week saying that all players that don't have season-ending <coughs> injuries should be back this week. So I'm expecting we could see all of those players. So there's a lot of depth all of a sudden at lock again. They just have so many locks. They do. I don't think most squads have that many, let alone that many good ones. Yeah, it's really quite an amazing, you know, gold bind for them. Really, they can just pick whoever they want out and they're nice shiny new players. Yeah. Um, for the Drua, we've got Yulia Kepa moving from loose to tight head to bring back Heratetti Hetet. Yeah, and I think Hetet been, has been pretty solid at scrum time for them. Um, and Julie Lekepa, you know, he's been a favourite of ours since the start of the season. So yeah. I think a good solid props and, and probably more mobile than some of their other options as well. That's a young couple of players. We've got Rusiata Nasolve um, coming in at seven. It's only his second game of the year, um, starting against the Blues previously. It means we see Bolacotto move to the bench. Yeah. As a back rower, still not as a hooker slash back rower, not as a hooker. Uh, we've still got it can it can vary there to cover the hooker role as well. Yeah, and uh, Toby Tama <clears throat> we didn't mention as well. He must be doing something right with his set piece because yeah. I think Ikenavera and Dolacotto have both been phenomenal when they've been playing, at least with their running game. So the only thing I can think is we don't see that out of Toby Tama, so he must be very solid with the set piece comparatively. Yeah. In the second row, we've got Nasila Silla and Rorosea who have paired up quite a few times yeah. throughout the year. There's been a bit of rotation there. Joseph Tamani in the six and Namani <coughs> Nungusa, the captain at number eight. Yeah, and we mentioned a few <coughs> of the ins for the back line. Frank Lamani, Teddy Teller uh, back at 10 as well. Uh, the pairing of Revovo and Apisolome Vota in the centres, who's definitely my favourite two centres that this team can put out. Weapons. And then Vinaya Hambosi. Elayasa Drova Sese and Kitioni Talinga as well. So there's a very solid outside three. 
I, I think Dross said, you know, from his form in the Reds last year, I really like this back three for them. He looked quite good on the on the weekend as well, coming in late um, as, as a replacement so yeah. on Tuesday. Well, the no good news is he doesn't have to fly out of Fiji for this game. So, you <laughs> yeah. know, the problem at the Reds was that he never left Fiji. Well, the game's in Fiji. Perfect. It's going to be massive for them. Perfect. Now, look, I, I, I think he's a real threat. They've got Rattave on the bench as well. Um, so, I mean, they've got some real threats in this back line. And, mm. I mean, the Chiefs like to play a pretty pretty loose game. And, I mean, it means the Ndrua at home with a big crowd, you know, backed by that crowd, uh, they're going to be a real threat in this one. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a lot closer than many people would think. Um, the Ndrua went very close to beating the Highlanders um, a few weeks ago <clears> in their <throat> first game in Fiji. So this is their last game of the year. They'll be up for it. Um, on the Chiefs side of things, Obviously, they can't take it too lightly. They're going to have to put out a reasonable side. There's a lot of competition from both the Hurricanes and the Waratahs pushing for that top four position. So I don't think they can just roll out a completely second string side. Um, I, I mentioned a fair few players that might come back in, but I think the other one is it's the the hometown or the the childhood home hometown for uh, Peter Gustavo So I think it's going to be an emotional comeback for him. I expect him to start at eight. There's no way they're not going to let him play in his hometown. And uh, I think he'll rise to the occasion. You know, he was in phenomenal form in the first half of this season. I'm expecting a huge game from him. And I assume the Lautoka uh, faithful are going to be, they're going to be big crowd, big vocal crowd like we saw in the last matchup in Fiji. So, I mean, they're going to be happy. There's some Fijian boys in this Chiefs side and they've got a really big following over there as well. So, I mean, I'd expect it would be a pretty vocal Crowd, but not all the way of Ndrua. Hard to tip this one when we don't have a Chiefs lineup, but oh. uh, I think that's going to be the problem all the way through. What are you thinking? Oh, we both of us put the same thing. So you, well, you go first. I went first on the first one. Uh, Chiefs to win this one by eight points. I went Chiefs by eight points. Yeah, but yeah. I'll, I'll change. Okay. I will change. I'm going to say ten points. I think <clears> that. I guess if it's going to go anyway, the Chiefs do have lots of points in them. Yep, that's fair. Uh, top fantasy players on this one. Um, look, I'm just I've got a team lineup in front of me, so I'm going to back the team lineup in front of me. Um, it could easily be some Chiefs players in the list, but I'm going to say it's going to be a massive game from Vinaya Khambosi because he's just a weapon. And I, I think if Shooter Stevenson back, he'll probably be his opposite as well. So I think I, I don't actually mind that matchup for him. The other side could well be a Teni Nanai versus a Droa Sese, so I'm going to go. Well, it's any nice to was there, mate. Uh, I don't think so, mate. I think it's Eddie's due. Yeah. They want him back, mate. They want him back. He's the man. He's yeah. their number one winger. Who plays fullback for the Chiefs? Um, well, that's a great question. Um, TT is not in Trask is there. Honest. No, it won't be Chase. It'll probably be Trask. Trask. Or narrower. Like yeah, it could be narrower. I guess that's what you wanted me to say. Well, no, not necessarily. <laughs> like, I, I think he's had a couple shots there. Throughout the year, it depends what how they're going to play. And I mean, if they're going to go boss to the wall, this is let's let's have a crack here and, and play a running game. Josh Narrower, get Josh Wanna, yeah, or maybe. Um, but yeah, let's let's see how that goes. Gatlin's been leading them. He's been playing well, mate. He played very well again on the weekend. So <laughs> I, I think that uh, Gatlin should play ten for them. Yep, I agree. Uh, the following matchup is Moana Pacifica versus the Brumbies. Um, new injuries. We already touched on it. Alessio, his injury being pulled late. Luke Rhyme as well. He did an MCL, mm. um, which is sad to see for the Brumbies. 
Um, in terms of returning players from return, um, we've got Jerome Brown returning. Big big inclusion for them. I think he's pretty influential for, for the Brumbies in that seven jersey. Tom Hooper's still there at six, meaning we've got no Valentini still. Um, I'm just happy to, to see a few names in this, to be to be honest. Let's, let's rattle through them. We've got C.O. McHenry and Ala Ala Toa in the front row, Darcy Swain and Nick Frost. Happy to see Nick Frost, Frost getting some more game time um, in that lock role after he did miss quite a few a few weeks back. It, um, it reeks of he's the third choice lock, though, doesn't he? And he's, they're just resting up Neville before the finals. It does. No, it does. And, and look, I mean, he, he's a threat and he's probably offers the most impact out of the three of those as well. Yeah. Um, so it's just good to see him get, a, get a, another start there. Um, and we've got Pete Samu rounding out that back row at number eight. Yeah, no changes to the back line. So I won't read through the whole thing there. But um, obviously they like what they're doing there. The only other thing is Ollie Sapsford, after giving away that penalty at the end of last game, he's not in the 23 this week. Yep. So consequences for actions, mate. It's tough. It's a tough, tough lesson. Um, we were okay. We won't go into that penalty. Discuss our opinions. Uh no, I don't. I don't care anymore. It's that we're on to the next week. Well, I mean, we were going to be fair and honest in our opinion, but that's fair. Let's let's move along. Um, so if we jump over into Moana Pacifica, they've had their two games. Um, recently, and there were two very different sides with only a couple players overlapping. Um, we, I think we saw more overlapping earlier on in the year when they did this previously. The, the two players were Tuopolotu at six and Alosio, who then got injured. But they'd probably be the two I think will be missing um, from that same side two weeks ago. Um, so I, or two, two matches ago, sorry, it was last weekend. Um, so if we're looking at that, you put it in front of us here. Um, we had Pole or Pole or Pole at uh, loose head Abraham, um, maybe Nuia and Kepu as the front row. Um, Curry and Slade, not a bad shout for their locks again. Yeah. Um, Tupelo were saying maybe gets a rest. Um, oh, and how good was Tupelo <clears throat> and Fanaki when they played? A week ago, the six seven were awesome. So yeah, I, got, I hope they do let them play again. Just keep rolling them out. They're just such big units, damaging ball runners. I agree. I mean, it, it depends what they want to do. Jack Lamb played on Tuesday as well, didn't he? Yeah. So he started. Yeah. So someone's got to maybe fill in through that, you know, that back row as well. But would see Stowers coming back the stalwart for them at number eight. Yeah, no doubt, absolutely. Um, and then 9-10, I think they're going to go with Tamatina and Leafano. Le, um, I think they'll, they'll go back to their preferred there. I want to know what they do in the centres because I don't think Tawala <laughs> and Kata are their first choice. I think it should be Tawala and Levi Moa. Levi Moa barely got in the game on Tuesday. He got the ball back into the game, immediately broke two tackles, and they scored right off the back of it. He did give himself a yellow card in the first half, but we won't spend any more time talking about that. Deserve um, it. Obviously, Tavatavanawai yeah. has to start. Um, otherwise, they, uh, they're just not going to get the quota in the commentary team. They're saying his name enough. 24 times. Yeah. Can we count it? Yeah. Can we have a bet? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> finishing <laughs> finishing out the team, um, Hevili, uh did come onto the bench late last week, but you'd say he'd start at fullback this week, right? And who you got in the right wing? I guess we just roll that team a finger and nickel again. <laughs> or uh, who was the uh, the other winger for them early in the season? Um, asking hard questions. You are asking hard questions. Um, 
this is some good airtime. Well, I'll tell you well. what, I'll, I'll work that out. Why don't you tell me quickly who, um, how many times you think they're going to say Tabitha Tabernawa? Well, look, I think what we'll do is we'll put up a post on Twitter and everyone can say what they think it is. And, you know, we, we'll announce the winner next week. Um, but it's first in, you know, first in, first served. I'm going to say they're going to say Tabitha Tabernawa 18 times. I like that. I think that's pretty. pretty Between cool. kickoff, or were you going to say pregame show as well? No, no, no. It's kick from off. kickoff. Kickoff to, to whistle final whistle. play. Whistle yeah, whistle. whistle. 18 times. I'm going to lock it in. All right. I'm going <clears> to go <throat> with a little. Jeez, that's, that's a good number. Sean Maloney. Is Sean Maloney? No, it's not Sean Maloney. Oh, yes. It, it could have been eight times in 30 seconds. Then I'm going 13 <laughs> times now <laughs> that you said that. Damn it. I'm giving, giving the tips out. Um, I think Naraya Fomai might be the uh, the ah, that's yes. in on the other wing. He that's what I was getting at. played on Tuesday. Erica's just showing me her giant flowers. Wow. Um, he played on on Tuesday. The other options are um Tuitavuki, who I think might be carrying an injury, and Visania. Are there other outside backs? Yeah, Tuitavuki, who was meant to be out for the whole season, <clears> ended <throat> up joining the squad. So it would be cool if we could get him to have a. Uh, a single run. The other option is depends what they do in the centres. If they bring Teofu in somewhere in the centres, then maybe we can Cut go Danny Tawala wide at fullback and Havili covering, or we can put Kata onto a wing, or we can. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a few few options. There a lot of that. options. Um, in the Brum side of things, did we we to say all that we did, didn't we? We did. All right. So in that case, I'm going to go with my tip. I think the Brumbies are going to win this one by a fair bit. I reckon they'll blow them away <clears throat> late in the game in New Zealand and everyone's going to be talking about how many games the Brumbies won in New Zealand, even though it's against Moana Pacifica, because that's what happens every week. Um, what happened? How many How many did we say that the uh, the Western Force beat them by? I feel like that's a pretty good place to start if I was going to guess. They beat them by 20 points. Um, wow, okay. Well, I guess I'm going about 26 <clears throat> points then for the Brums. Look, I think uh, Tavatava Nawai himself's worth seven points um yeah so there you go 33 to 7 <laughs> no i mean knocking <laughs> off seven points off that lead look i'm, I'm just gonna go yeah out there crazy 18 points it should be more why is that out there crazy it should be far more <laughs> all right it should be who's your pick for top fantasy player of the game <laughs> seven, seven, nine, nine. yeah that's, that's <laughs> what i was gonna say too um look i think tom banks is due no that's not what am i talking about it's gonna be colin connell mcinerney Oh, yeah. Rolling malls for <laughs> days against the Fijian. And I mean, there's even a threat that it's Lockie Lonergan come up with a <laughs> hooker as well, let's be honest. Dead set. And and the other thing is McInerney knows that he's struggling year. to get a spot in. He's definitely the fourth-ranked hooker out of the lot. Well, not next year. He needs a lot of tries. He needs a lot of tries if he's going to get more game He'll time. He'll be back in the top three rotation next year. Yeah, maybe. He's playing in playing is leaving. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, who knows if uh, more than that will go. So the Tatars versus the Blues. Injuries in this one. Well, the Tars had a few pulled <clears> pre-game. You had Archie Holtz pulled pre-game. Raboni copped a knock at training. Um, Parecki and Lalakai Fakedi were both maybes, I think a neck and hammy injury respectively. And then Lange Gleeson as well has a knee injury. He's got some promise. Yeah, it was good. Thought very, very good. And he's got such a big turn of pace, which I love. Yeah. Um, Blues, Caleb Clark, the Tories Hammy, they think is probably four weeks, but they're saying he's a maybe for a semi or a final. So obviously they're just going to push that as hard as possible. But geez, I think that's going to be a hard one to come back from. I like that the the coach said 
Oh, he's got really big legs. So hopefully they <laughs> yeah, heal yeah. faster. I saw that. That's really funny. That's it. That's how it works. He's nailed it. Yep. And uh, also sad to see Tanyalu Talaya gone with an ACL injury for the rest <clears> of the season and just hasn't got much of a game this year at all. I'm, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, a couple of seasons ago, he had a breakout year mm. um, on the wing and we know he's you know covers a lot of centre, especially in the NPC. Um, so he, he could have been a real crack to get a start this week, to be honest, if he wasn't injured. So a little, little bit disappointing for him. Um, in terms of the returns column, we do have Atar's lineup. Holtz, um, Parecki are both coming back into that starting front row. Bell shifts back into starters for to join them. We have Raboni, Fouquetti, and Holloway. Um, Holloway? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, he is back um, into that starting side. Yeah, and Raboni is on the bench. Uh, Jeremy Williams made his comeback last week. I think it was from his big hammy injury as well. So should have had a try. I thought he was pretty unlucky that 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 wasn't scored. So he'll be keen to get amongst it when he comes off the bench. And I think it's uh, good to see Shed Hannigan playing lock this week. I think Hugh Sinclair has been a bit of a weapon for the uh, forward pack, just a defensive rock and a worker. So he gets a well-earned rest back to the bench this week, and we'll see how Shed goes playing lock. Interesting to see that um, 6-2 split on the bench, which we'll, we'll delve into a little bit more. But I really like the look of a Holloway-Hannigan, which is what we touched on, you know, previously, that, you know, that, that second-row partnership. Because the Tars do love to run the ball around. They like to play quite a creative style of game, looking for some, you know, second touches from the backs and some wider passes from those forwards. So that's a really solid second-row partnership from them. Um, it's good to see Charlie Gamble come back on to, to start in that six jersey. He has been phenomenal for yeah. them. I think this basically shows that that's <clears> their <throat> first choice to play the dual open side now. Yes. Even though you got Raboni, you got Will Harris, you got Langley Gleason, you got so many players that can play there, Ted Flanagan as well. So, um, yeah, phenomenal. Great, great athletes and Hooper as well playing out of his skin. So I think it's actually driving him harder as well because you don't want to be the second best open side flank in your team no we've got hooper and <laughs> undercover hooper i mean they're both both brilliant detective hooper yeah more well, both yeah so the blues uh look I, I think that they uh they're gonna roll out a second side team mainly because they said that um they've locked in the minor premiership well, wait, they also said we're going to sydney to win yeah, I mean, never, you, I mean never, you're never going to lose. Real and subtle. Yeah, that's right. So you're never going to lose. But they've got, obviously, as long as they're in the finals, they will be starting. Uh, they will play, be playing at home, sorry. But you've got Clark and Rico out of this back line still. Rico to miss another week this week. So you'd think Heem probably is the answer in the centres, particularly with Talea out. Um, and then that means that you're going to get either Radamatavuki Nipkins or AJ Lamb covering the wing. I'd say probably AJ <laughs> Lamb. I think so. I think he's the the safer of the two options. A little bit more experienced, the safer player. Um, but all reports when he's gone back to club in recent weeks, he's been pretty dominant there as well. Yep. And uh, you're looking at Satutu maybe getting a rest because he's had a big shift this year. And Akira, maybe if he's coming back to eight, I think he's... This- he was always going to be touch and go with the foot soreness that he had. So I really hope you're wrong. This, this is my... Um- <laughs> This is my speculation yep. of Satutu rested in Akira to eight. Um, big source, maybe to cover lock or six after not playing last week. Um, the question for me is, do they give Barrett another rest leading into the finals with this one? Uh, it was only three weeks ago, I think, that he was rested. He's had three matches in a row or something like that. Had a handful of games before that, but before another rest. So 
Do they want to freshen up Barrett, meaning do they shift Perifetta to 10, bring on Sullivan to 15, or what are they going to do there? How, how do you see that going? Do you think Barrett gets another rest? Well, I'm just looking since round eight. He's only had one break, one game he's missed. Every other game he started and played basically 80 minutes. Yep. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think if they're saying they're going to bring a second string team across, Bodie's probably the first man that you rest. Yep. No doubt. And, I mean, <clears throat> Pera Franchise is such a weapon at 10. I don't think it really matters. He is very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's not a, not a big loss. Uh, I think a couple other things um, about the Tars for me, how they can win this one. Um, the that six-two split was pretty pivotal for them last week. Running the the Highlanders ragged, and you know having a, a big impact from some hard forward runners in the back end of that game, I think really really suited how they played and and what they did. To, you know to to capitalize capitalize is hard, but you know play against the Kiwi side and, and trying to manipulate that game in their favor. Yeah, I think. The- Blues are going to be a lot fitter than what the Highlanders are, though. You know, I don't think they're going to fade late in the game, mm-hmm. even if they run their second string side out. But what I would say is they probably go away from their depth in the back row that is exceptional when they've got all their starters fit. You start getting players like Choked coming in um, that, you know, by all accounts are very good young players. But the Waratah's strength is some of the weapons they can bring off the bench, the likes of Raboni Warren, Vasay Arthur, Jeremy Williams making some impact as well. Jamie Roberts. Um, Jamie Roberts there. And even Jack Grant darting around the halfback. So maybe there is a little bit of an opportunity there, but I don't think it's going to be from fatigue. I think it's going to be a big shift. And I don't think there's probably quite the depth on the bench this week for the Tars. So if they're going to win it, which I think is probably unlikely, but they're probably going to have to go hard early, yeah. I I think one thing I want to see, Ben Donaldson kind of feel the role of, you know, with Tane Edmund, left-right kind of options for fly halves, kind of rotating how they did that. But it it meant we sort of saw him step away from taking the ball to the line, like we see him when he does it at 10. Um, The one thing when Will Harrison was at fullback, he utilised that time back there, um, and it it really helped his running game. I, I think we need to see Ben Donaldson take the ball, ball in hand, and actually be more of a threat with the ball and, and open those opportunities up for players outside of Yeah, and I think, well, I think the Blues are a much more kicking team than what the Highlanders yeah. are as well. So I think that will create more opportunities for Ben Donaldson to have yeah. a run. Yeah, that's fair. Right, so tips for this one. Tars by three. It's going to be awesome. Break that that uh, 12 game in a row, Blues. Look, I'm, I'm going that because I do expect some uh, resting uh, for, of some of the top players for the Blues, oh, I still think the Blues should be massive favourites, even if they do put out a, a weakened team. The, the Tars are missing a few of their frontline players as well. But the Tars have really been, you know, building, especially at home. So I think for them, they're going with the attitude that we're going our full strength side, barring injuries. We're going 100% at this and we're going for the win. Where the Blues... If there is a little bit of doubt creeping into their mind, changing that side, you know, they've got first in the back, you know. Mm. It's not a crucial thing for them to be 100% on, even though they're going to want to be. But that doubt can, you know, do we need to to do this or do we need to push that extra little bit can creep in. And maybe if it does, that gives the Taz a sniff to, to get their edge. Yeah, I think, I think the Blues play a lot of the dominance of their set piece as well. So I think that uh, having Bell, Parecki and Holtz all starting, obviously uh, it, it would have been great if we didn't HJH. have yeah, HJH injured. But Holtz, Holtz has been very good. So I actually think, and then even their bench front row, I think is excellent as well. So I actually think they'll deal with that. Paddy Ryan? 
Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, maybe not around the park and in tackle contests right now, but scrummaging, scrummaging yeah, <laughs> I think so. So I think that that will hopefully for the Tars neutralise that weapon a little bit. Um, the uh, Blues are going to have a long kicking game as well. So if the Tars can get up and contest defensively in the line, I, th- I think that will go a long way to slowing this game. So I, I think they're a shot. Um, my head says Blues, my tipping account after getting... I changed my tip for the Brumbies and the Tars game, swapped them last week and got both wrong. So I didn't. I'm going right. the, so I'm going the Tars this week as well. Yeah. Got to make that comeback. Five points. Look, I, I think the difference here is um, they're not going to have Horden to try to bomb a game, you know, bomb an opportunity at the end of the game as well. By Alani. So we got some stronger bench players there, and it's, that's going to be the thing that gets them over the end. Brutal. <coughs> but fair. Brutal but fair. Um, if we go across into... So into the, yeah. the player of the match. Oh, this is tough. How do I go for one of the Tars? Oh, look, I'm going to just go out on a limb and say it's going to be Charlie Gamble. I know it seems crazy because there are plenty of other people probably in this one, but we don't have a Blues lineup, And Charlie Gamble has just been that good. And he's going to want to prove it against another Kiwi side back in that starting side, knowing that maybe that starting jersey is up for grabs in that six. And I'm going to go the uh, fantasy cheat code Angus Bell. Yeah, I like it. I hope you're right. Yeah, he's. <laughs> it's been a little while since he's had his running game yeah. turned on. Yeah. And I think that uh, he'll know that there's a lot on his shoulders just to dominate this Blues pack this week. And to be honest, I just think that the Tars defence is really bloody excellent. And, you know, we saw how the Blues went against the Brumbies last <laughs> week. As an exceptionally good team as they are, they haven't got a heap of heap points against them against the best sides. And the Tars aren't the best side. But their defence is right up there. Yep. So I, I'm not sure that they're going to have that many damaging runners, particularly when you've got someone of the calibre of Caleb Clark out and then you start to just disrupt the backline cohesion as well. Yep. Hopefully we were right, both right, and they're going to be dominant. Um, look, let's roll into the next game. Look, and let's be honest, we both don't think the Tars are going to be dominant. No. <laughs> like, I was going to say my backup plan was Roger to to check, but I had to go to Tars. Yeah, we got to go tough. We're going to back back of what we're saying. Um, the next matchup is the Force versus the Hurricanes. This is a big one for the Force. We already touched on that. But for the Canes, their new injuries look very similar to their returning from injuries. We've got um, Ray Arcee, Coles, Amua, Hoosen, Booth. They were all, all pulled pre-game from non-COVID illnesses, which seems like rubbish to say it's non-COVID illness when there's so many of them being I, I think there's a lot of flu going around a lot of the players. Yeah, it's also, I, I think it's easy to say it's non-COVID. We don't want to create fear and things like that. So we're going to say it's non-COVID. So you know, people don't freak out a little bit if they're playing the following week. It seems to become a trend because we're early in the year, everyone had COVID. No one gets COVID. Everyone's got non-COVID illness. They don't have the flu. They've got non-COVID illness. Well, they've all had COVID in the last three months as well, to be fair. Well, what, they've all got different things. Could we just say they've got the flu then? It's very weird to say non-COVID. Yeah, I know, I know, but I think it is just the flow. But anyway, um, and I only say that because I know that uh, Sydney rugby's got the same issues going around mm-hmm. right now, and and genuinely, it is the flu. They're all testing negative. It's just, there's just so much around. Yeah, maybe it's a bit of um, monkeypox as well that's creeping in. Yeah, it could be the monkeypox. Jeez. <laughs> all right. Um, on that, so let's go the tar the Western Force. They're not going to name their team lineup for a little while. They obviously played yesterday. Um, my gut feeling is they're just going to go again. They're just going to say, boys, you've got three games, same team, get out there, have a crack. Bailey Cunningham's all at 12. 
um, I think. And um, I don't know, there's not going to be many changes. I think they're just going to roll out their best side. Mattielli to score a million points for them and mm-hmm. run the ball 15 times as he normally does. He only ran the ball nine times last week on Tuesday. So I feel like that's that's a tactic to keep him fresh for this week. He normally runs double that. Surely we see Godwin coming back in and out at centre. Than, oh yeah, absolutely. Rather than Ralston, it'll be it'll be first choice team this week. Yeah, yeah. so, so there's a couple of Kaitu will, will start as well. I think Thrush will probably start with Isaac Rodder, maybe McCauley shifting back to the bench, or McCauley's you know, good. actually say that to say that I changed my mind. I think Thrush will probably bench because he's yeah. the older legs. Probably needs to freshen up more than the young legs of McCauley. Jackson Pugh, I thought, I think he scored a try on yeah. Tuesday, and man, he can run. Like yeah. it was actually a good line, good step. I thought it was Tim Anstey to start, so. Yeah. I reckon he'll probably get another chance. It just depends if Stunder's back. Um, and that's it, mate. I think it's just going to be first-choice lineup. Get him out there. What about a fullback? Um, probably Strawn starting over McIntyre as well, you would have yeah. to think. I think I th- McIntyre wasn't that great. I think he showed glimpses that he that he did well there. But, yeah, no, Strawn's been a stalwart from them. If there's no injuries, he'd be the one to be thrown in for sure. Yeah, without a doubt. And what about the Canes, mate? So we mentioned the uh, the players coming back through, but the Canes have thrown a lineup out for us. So Pori Reketi Stone starting at the loose head. I think he's probably their best scrummager on that side of the scrum. So it doesn't really surprise me that he's come through. Yep. Um, and then Owen Franks gets a start with old man Dane Cole. So there's some age. There's some age in the scrummaging front row. Right? Oh, man, that's going to dominate the force. Yeah. And the scrum from the force is pretty good. Yeah. And uh, on that, James Blackwell, Sangster gets another start. I just, I like, Sangster's pretty good. I get it. But, man, what about Isaiah Walker-Leawera and Scott Scrafton? He's like, not there, Walker-Leawera. I'd be questioning. He's surely he's got a niggle or something's gone on. He's not a COVID-related. Non-COVID-related, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Caleb Delaney at six, Griefy seven, Braden Yosef back at eight. I'm excited to see Braden Yosef back. It's been a while. I think round nine he got ruled out. So that'll be excellent. Um, and Caleb Delaney, I just probably want to see a bit more of him. I can't tell you enough about his form. There's, I think there's been some talk about him early on being a, a real player to come through, you know, over the next few seasons for them. For sure. Um, Perinara uh, shapes up next to Aiden Morgan again, so that's definitely their first choice, 9-10, obviously <clears> just <throat> trying to continue building that combination, moving into the finals. They're changing that centre's. Uh, partnership. Up. Yeah, man, I told you, I told you that Balon Sullivan was their first choice outside centre. They right. rest him for one week and he's back. So they shift their first choice, Billy Proctor, back into 12. <laughs> that, mate, he's the brother of the best centre in the world. Um, Billy Proctor, Balon Sullivan in the centres. On the wing, we have Rayasi with Morby on the left wing with Morby shifting back to fullback from there. We've got Houston covering Sevilla on the wing. And we've got Rubenus, yes, yeah, and, and Ruben Love missing from with Morby at fullback. Yeah, and Tay Walden back on the bench as well. So it'll be good to see him get some minutes as well. I do like Tay Walden and and obviously I think he had an injury mid-season as well. So good to see him getting a run. Jordy Barrett rested as you mentioned. Um and yeah. Ardi Sabia on the bench as well. I was gonna say what the surely could be the biggest impact player in the world off the bench. <laughs> like without a doubt. That, yeah, that's yeah. what turns it on. If you just said, hey mate, you just gotta last 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, he'll Do carry it. the ball dead set 10 times in 30 minutes. If he doesn't, oh, I don't know what he, he'll probably have like the most runs and tackles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter how long the place playing. Yeah, they've got a lot of class in their bench. It, yeah. it does worry me. Um, I know. Uh, Numia, um, the Fools are play playing Gibson. for a final spot. The Hurricanes have got a lot of trouble to get over there. That's a tough trip. But um, 
I think it's going to be a big challenge for the Force. Yeah, the Force are going to have to hope that their forward pack really holds it together for them in this one. Their their backs, they do have some opportunities there. I, I love to see how much you know Pasatoa's we've been saying has been a threat. Um, maybe we see um, what's his name, the younger half. Find Liliawasa. Liliawasa get a he's, little bit more of a run. He's injured. He hasn't been playing. Uh, yeah, well, so he probably won't. Maybe we don't see him. <laughs> um, but Pariah's been good for them of late. Absolutely. Uh, man, I'm going to go first with tips because I've, I've done it while you were just talking. Uh, 16 points for the Canes. I think the Force will put up a good fight for 50 minutes, maybe 60, and the Hurricanes will just pull away with it. I think they're too good for them. Canes beat the Rebels by 23. Force are better defenders. Um, so I'm going to say you're, you're pretty close to being spot on, I'll say, by Canes by 15. Me big time. Um, and is there any week that we're not both tipping Celestia Rice to be their top fantasy scorer? Are we allowed to? Well, I'm going to. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna have to go a force play. Matteelli. Oh, yes, my boy. Matteelli. Right. Uh, yeah, I think running it. Um, who's in his e-paint left wing? Matteelli is, isn't he? Who's not bad at D? Um, but he doesn't matter. He run, he plays. He runs at everyone. Yeah, he runs center of the field. So he's, he's a crusader. Just, just getting involved. <laughs> he's a crusader's outside back. Let's not yeah. forget. X. Uh, second most run meters in the comp behind Will Jordan as well for Matteo. Yeah. Uh, and I think despite the fact that he won the game for them, uh, <laughs> the bonus point try for them on Tuesday, he'll yeah. be spewing that he didn't get the ball enough. <laughs> probably reeling up for the comeback all right the sunday game i think there's only the one sunday game this week so this will round us out the rebels versus the highlanders now the force will be praying the rebels can do a job on the highlanders here in melbourne because otherwise the highlanders seal their eighth spot they do have reese hodge coming back this week um but the highlanders you know they They've got a few players out. They had uh, Marina Makaeli, too, who dropped to the bench with the flu last week. They had Thomas Umanga Jensen, Jermaine Ainsley, and Fatuli Paya all out with non-COVID-related illness. So we expect all of those players back. And obviously the Sam Gilbert red card gone so, for five weeks, obviously not back. Yeah, Sam Gilbert, that's downgraded from the 10 weeks entry level for the mid-range that he they, they started off with. Um, interesting. Michele too, who's got the flu, but the other guys have got non-COVID issues. Yeah. Weird. Mm. Mm. Conspiracy mm. grows. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and look, the other one is Ethan Groot. He just took a knock on the shoulder a couple of weeks ago, so he should be back. Mitch Hunt, yep. I think, must be touch and go with concussion because there's some talk that he's not the favourite at 10, which we'll get um, to. Yeah, I've, I've definitely touched on that but later. Shannon Frizzell should be back this week. And Bryn Evans was rested last week. They don't like him playing too many games in a row because he's an old man. He's so, old. If we add all those up, that's the whole team. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Look, um, Hodge has been back now for a little while for the Rebels. They're, they're persisting with um, Andrew Kellaway at 13, but Lucas Ripley again on the right wing rather than um, Worth. George Worth, yeah. George Worth after his good showing Lucas Ripley. Um, do we have many changes here? We've got Rob Leoda shifting back to number eight, which is what we want to see. Um, we still got Josh Cannon over Josh Hill in the locks. Um, Just don't get it. But we've got a, a good solid front row with Gibbon, Ulisi, Faalmao Seili, with Hanson Or and Kabus Ilof on the bench. There are some good front rowers in this Rebel side. 
Uh, Matty Phillip, expect him to have a big game and step up from them for them. Yeah, look, as we've said, the forward pack on paper is fantastic. I just don't think that they actually put it together enough on the field. <clears throat> be some big shots, that's for sure. So it'll be good to watch. Um, Tuttle and Carter at 9 and 10. Uh, sorry, Carter Gordon at 10. Um, Matty Tamua, Callaway stay together in the centres. You've got Glenn Vaihu, Ripley and Hodge in the back three. So it's a very good side for what the Rebels can put out on paper, but I just don't think that they've been playing all that well regardless of that. So I don't see them how they can really compete, to be completely honest. Yeah, no, uh, I think that's probably fair. Uh, I mean, if, if they're going to get into this match, it's going to be purely based on attitude because there's not the huge changes and there's nothing that's been pushing towards showing them that they can... You know, consistently perform against these top teams, even though we do like quite a few of their starting players um, as you assess the scores. I'm just looking at their defence, mate, against New Zealand. They conceded 42 against the Crusaders, 71 against the Blues, 33 against the Chiefs and 45 against the Hurricanes. So that is some bad reading. Average it out. Actually, no, Highlanders are one of the better attacking teams, but also probably worse defensive teams. Yeah. So maybe this is going to be... A- 40 to 28. Anyway, we're going to talk about the Highlanders team. All right, so this is the interesting one, the the 10 jersey. So, I mean, everyone's going to be assuming Marty Banks is the front runner for that 10 jersey after Gilbert's card. Um, Incumbent Mitch Mitch Hunt, which you talked about, is still in doubt with his return to play protocols um, from his concussion. Um, Assistant coach Ricky Fluky also said Villamonic Corroy is a chance to play at 10. So Brown earlier this year actually said, yes, he is typically an outside back, but we see him a long-term option as a 10. He's a prospect at that 10 jersey. So there's also the chance we get to see him run around in the 10 jersey, which would be the attacking option, the more exciting attacking option. But, you know, uh, he's obviously not the safer option of Marty Banks, um, the legend himself. Well, they can't have that much faith in Marty Banks because Sam Gilbert just played back-to-back games with a ten jersey. So exactly, you know, m- maybe it is a possibility. But at the same time, Do you want to win? I don't, I don't. Well, I just don't take anything that Tony Brown says about Villamani Cordoy very seriously because he doesn't pick the bike. Do, do you want to um, ever know something else that you should people you should listen to less? Yeah. So that's Us. two people. That's Bryn Hall and Ross Carl. Um, because I don't know what they're smoking on the Atua Rugby Pod, but they said what should be here is that. Fakatava Aaron Smith, 9-10. They go, the Hurricanes sometimes put TJ Perinara there. Maybe they should put Aaron Smith into fly half. Terrible idea. Horrible idea. To, to be fair, I think it was Ross who, uh, you know, mentioned it and, um, and Bryn Hall kind of backed him up and said, yeah, that's a good idea. But no, it's not a good idea. Do not listen to that. I think he was just being nice, Bryn Hall, isn't that Hopefully. way? It's like if you said to Bryn Hall, hey, do you play 10 this week? You'd just be like, no, no, I don't want to play. TJ does it. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I highly, highly doubt that is bonkers is what I've written down there. Uh, look, personally, I'd love to see fucking Tava and Koroi as 9-10, just all out attacking threats and, you know, long-term options them quite potentially at nine and ten if they do indeed see Koroi as you know a developing 10 option Aaron Smith mate he has had a pretty average year 
really rough to say I'm such a world-class player and you still be picking him as, as your all-backs nine. But he is not in the form we've seen in recent years. He isn't, and he's probably due fresh enough as well as mainly what I was just looking at. So yeah. I know I know he hasn't played big minutes every week, which definitely helps, but he's still, like, he basically hasn't missed a game. So, I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if you do if they do give Fakatava a run. But let's, they, let's not forget they know they need to win to yeah, stay 100%. in the finals. So. I mean, Fakatava, when they've given Fakatava a start once or twice, They've still given Aaron Smith the back 40, you know, yeah. still given them bulk minutes. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's the way we see this done, you know, a, a split 40-40, something along the way. But depending lines. on where the game's at, if the are up, then yeah. they can obviously afford to give Aaron Smith more of a rest. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think on that one, let's go to the tip and around these games out. Um, I think the Highlanders will get it done. I think that, what did I say, 40 to 28. So that's 12 points to the Highlanders that I've got. This is this is hard um, because I really would love for Australian rugby the Rebels to to do well here. Uh, it, it, to me, it almost depends on you know who, who's named at that ten is a pretty pivotal thing for the Highlanders. They have been building. Yes, they had a off week, um, mainly forced on them by the Tars, I believe. But yeah, I'm going to say a little bit more than you. I'm going to say, unfortunately, Highlanders by sixteen. Well, all right. I wasn't expecting that. Um, on that list, uh, we, we did talk about what we were going to have for the uh, dessert topic Wait, this week. Who was your man of the match? Oh, sorry. My uh, man and of the why, match. And why is it Ponifar Masili? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not Ponifar Masili. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with a Highlanders player, even though it's in Melbourne. And out of all the players that are coming back from injury, that tells me that Marina Makele Tu'u is going to be the top fantasy scorer this week as he runs over an underperforming Rebels forward pack. Not bad. It's not going to be correct, but it's not bad. Uh, it's going to be Thomas Monga Jensen, who is an absolute weapon and going to be running at Carter Gordon. Yeah, I figured that that's what you were going to say, and I thought that was pretty good as well, but I didn't want to take it from him. Good guy. Thank you. I wouldn't have picked your guy. <laughs> I wouldn't have used a weapon. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, so for dessert. What's God, what's God do with that? Desserto. Do what, do what, do that, do that, do that. Just to quickly round out, we wanted to name at this stage of the season who's just starting 15 for Australia against England in test number one. So give us your front row. Look, uh, it's tough who gets named in that one jersey. I, I, I think I'd be starting with Slipper. Yep. Um, the hooker is the toughest question. Mate, if I'm honest, it's Perecki. Yep. Um, which is kind of outlandish to get his first cap straight into a starting jersey against England, but that's what I would be picking. Um, and then I'd probably be picking Ala Ala Toa for that connection with Slipper. And later on in the match, I would be bringing on both Thor and Bell to be running this side ragged in the back end of this match. Is Thor going to be fit? I don't know. I think it was touch and go. I think it... Uh, I'm not sure if he's definitely out for game one or not. Uh, I know there's pressure on that. Like when we did discuss it, like he, he was definitely out, saying who would our options be. But if, if he is out, who's who's there to cover him? Um, yeah, so expected to miss the rest of the season with a calf injury in round 11 was Taniela uh, Tupo. So uh, what's that, six weeks? So then he'll be back. He'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Unless he has the world's worst calf tear like Berkey did. 
Um, yeah. I think it'd be completely fine. Who, who's going to play there if not him? Then hopefully uh, Harry Johnson Holmes. I think that's fair. Or Ponifat Amal Sealy is probably the other option. Yeah. Because Hilof hasn't been here long enough. The other two would be ahead of him anyway, but he's also quite an exciting cut head. Yeah, I know I agree with the rest of your front row. Uh, Locks, I think I'm going to go for Isaac Rodder and... I really want it to be Jed Holloway, but I don't know that I can pick that. He maybe has to come in off the bench. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Who who was the other lock for them last year? Because I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking Darcy Swain, but wasn't he their third option? Swain got a lot of time for them. Uh, I think back into the year, you saw some of the European boys yeah, getting okay. a bit of a run. Oh, that's well. right. Philip. Yeah. I'm going to go Rodder and Philip. That'll be my first two. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be tough out of Swain and Philip. I believe. I think Swain's been, you know, having a really quite a good year and Philip's been up and down, yes, in the, the Rebels. Um, but, yeah, I, I quite like that. I think that's probably fair. And I, I mean, give give Holloway a crack. No matter who that second lock is, give Holloway a crack on the bench. But you've also got, you know, a few other players that can put their name in, in the ring there. For the back row, look, for me, it's stock standard, mate. You're going Valentini at six, you're going Hooper at seven, and you're going Wilson at eight. Not Will Harris, but Harry Wilson. It's not stock standard, mate. Harry it Wilson wasn't even on mate, the tour last year. For us, it's stock standard. Okay, yep. No, yeah, I people know. I think the exact same thing. <laughs> uh, 9 10, it's got to be Nick White, game one, no brainer. And it's going to be either Quade Cooper and Noah Lalessio, by the looks of it, for 10 jersey. So I'm going to say that game one's going to be Quade. Yeah, he, he was exceptional last year. Uh, again, it kind of then goes, do we go for those combinations? Uh, how long do they get in camp together, all this sort of stuff? If you've got... I think Quaid and Nick White have played a lot together. Yeah, it's true. They have. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a bad chat. Um, I, I think that experience is, is important, but not seeing him for so long just feels hard for me to throw him back into a, a starting jersey. Worked last year. It did. Um and for that very reason, Karevi would be in, inside centre <laughs> for the exact same reason. I think he made Craig look better. Yeah, uh, 100%. <laughs> and then the outside centre jersey is a tough one. I, I don't think Igatau has been a solid um, this season. We know he can do it at an international level. We've got Parisi, we've got Pattaya sticking their hands up. Well, it's not um, going to be Pattaya. He hasn't played but, enough outside centre. So yeah, basically well, we're deciding between Igatau and Parisi, I think. He hasn't played enough outside centre. He's played most of his games this year. Pataya? Sorry, I'm thinking of Pasami. Oh. Um, not, but yeah, it's definitely not Pataya. He's not a chance. Um, or or Pasami. How, how long is his injury, Pasami? He's almost back, isn't he? Yeah, we thought that he was going to be back this week. Um, so look, I, I my, my gut tells me they're going to lean towards maybe Ikatao. Um, who, who they've really been shaping up as that 13 jersey. 81% tackle success this year for Ikatao. He's dropped. Yeah. It was meant to be how he's rock solid, but I think I, I actually agree with you. I think Paisami's just still erratic compared comparatively. And then, uh, and I, I hope it's Parisi, but I'm not sure that it's a good pairing with Karevi, to be honest. They're just like two X Factor players, and Parisi misses a lot more tackles as well. So I think Ikatao. 
depends who your 15 and your, your wings are, to, to be honest. Do well, you it's it's going to be annoying. I need a Wasi. <laughs> Peach. Um, yeah, that's right. That's right. Will Harrison. Maybe, yeah, Will Harrison around. Back from injury. Yeah. Um, no, it's okay. Well, let's say wingers then. I think Corin Betty is going to get the uh, the third spot back because he's an absolute freak of nature. And we don't have a lot of wingers uh, bursting at the seams at the moment. I think they're probably going to go with... I think they're probably going to pick Geordie Pattaya over Tom Wright. It would probably be my pick at the moment. I just don't think Tom Wright... I know he's had a couple of good games, but he's been pretty patchy as well. Mm. And he kind of fell out of favour last year. Mm. So they'll go for the X Factor outside of Ikatao, I reckon. And then finally at the fullback position, it's going to be Banks. Yeah, look, I, I think you're probably right. Um, Banks has been able to get back on the, the paddock and, and sort of put some games together. I, I think that's probably a fair assessment. I, I, I know Rennie has talked about Jock Campbell saying he's impressed with Jock Campbell and his development of that 15 jersey. And I think there's maybe a chance that's why we're seeing Jock Campbell playing fullback for the Reds because he was talking earlier about maybe seeing Pattaya there and that's how we saw Pattaya end up getting that jersey at 15. So... Look, oh, I mean, I, I think we've got a shot at Jock Campbell, but maybe he's going to be covering that 23 jersey so he can cover the wing, he can cover fullback really at a stretch. You can throw him in a few other positions too. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. So it sounds like we've got a pretty similar 15, to be honest with you. There's not a lot of questions in our eyes. The big question is just how do we get more Tars in, essentially? Well, I mean, that is a, a valid point right now. So, I mean, I think the Brumbies have got to make your the base of your team. Yeah. Um, they got a lot of people in there last year. People complained about it, so there should have been more Reds. The drop-off of the Reds this year, I think, maybe proves that there was some right calls there, which is harsh on some of the players. But, I mean, if we're, we're talking we need some consistency in some of these selections, some of those players have definitely fallen out of favour um, you know, obviously Tate McDermott's not one of them. Um, Will Harris, uh, Harry Wilson's, you know, just continued to build um, moving forward. Taniela Tupo's the same. Those sort of star power players. Yeah. Um, Pataya's maybe been a little bit more solid. But, uh, I mean, it's going to be a, a bulk of a Brumby side with some Tars maybe pushing some of these Brumbies for jerseys. Yep, yep. Hard in his red space too. Hard to disagree. That will wrap us up for the penultimate podcast of the regular season. Probably plenty more to come for the season, but let's start talking it up as a big, uh, big occasion. Please, if you made it this far, that's a sign that you should like five stars, give a positive comment, like on YouTube, do all that stuff, share it with your friends. If you didn't like it, then I don't know why you're still here. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, thank you. And hooroo.